Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Beyond the Ropes, a boxing podcast brought to you by Easley Boxing Repeat. The place for the Northwest and boxing news, news, reviews, and interviews. Here's your host, Sean Basso. It will be a killer and a chiller and a thriller when I get the gorilla in Manila. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Cassius Marcellus Clay. He's young, he's handsome. They know it. I can pound a drink of water and kill a dead tree. Don't mess with Muhammad Ali. I've done something special. I've wrestled with an alligator. I've tussled with a whale. Out of handcuffed lightning, throw thunder in jail. I'm as confident as I say, and I'm better than I say I am. I'm a poor. I'm a prophet, I'm the resurrector, I'm the savior of the boxing world. If it wasn't for me, the game would be there. Who would bet on flying paddles and beating me? Who would bet on Ernie Terrell beating me? I told you I was floating like a butterfly and staying like a bee. I'm going to float like a butterfly and stay like a bee. His hands can't hit what his eyes can't see. Last week I murdered a rock, injured a stone, hospitalized a brick. I'm so mean I make medicine. So welcome to this bonus episode of Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. And this one is titled The Greatest Heavyweights, as voted by yourselves, the fans, the listeners over on Twitter. A few weeks back, we put the poll out and thank you very much to everybody that voted. Uh, We have finally now got round to recording it, so I really hope you enjoy this episode of The Greatest Heavyweights. So before we begin any further, really, what I wanted to sort of say is what the format is of this episode. And the format is really, me and Cahill have sat down and, and it's five, great heavyweights we want to talk about and Carl's list is only slightly different to mine but it's it's a really good list and what we're not saying in this episode is these are definitively the greatest heavyweights but we are putting him in the category of greatest heavyweights so not to sort of miss anybody out because there's so many fighters that we could have talked about in this episode but we kind of sat down and picked who we felt personally were some of the great heavyweights of all time so Carl, you've got your list ready there to go I'm excited for this episode it's a, a 
it's an off-the-cuff episode. We've got plenty to talk about, plenty of fighters, plenty of great fights over the years to discuss. Really, I'm going to hand it over to you and, and let's get started in this one. And I want to sort of go through who who you've got on your list and the first fighter you want to talk about on the list today. Yeah, the first one, I think, will be on most people's list when it comes to a heavyweight card, a definitive list. But I think it's Larry Holmes. He's one of the guys that he, he's such a familiar name when it comes to heavyweight boxing and probably the golden era of, of heavyweight boxing. Um, like a, a heavy, a former heavyweight champion, he reigned for about seven years. When he's been in with some of the some of the biggest names in in the, in not just heavyweight boxing, but in the sport of boxing, being with the likes of Norton, Holyfield, Tyson, Ali, and he, and he fought like when you think that he fought Muhammad Ali and he only retired or stopped fighting in two thousand and two. So it's kind of crazy when you think how long these guys used to go and, and some of the records that they used to have. But um, Larry Holmes is always someone that I admired and someone that um, I look back on. He, it's one. It's up there with the names Holmes. Um, Foreman, Frazier, Ali, they all kind of ring into one. So I think a heavyweight list without kind of um, Larry Holmes wouldn't wouldn't be the same. And it, there's a lot of names that can get missed off lists like this, but I think Larry Holmes is one that we couldn't miss off of. No, definitely not. So Larry Holmes born on November the 3rd, 1949, which currently makes him 68 years of age. If you look at his record, he had a total of 75 fights, 69 wins, 44 wins by way of knockout, and only 60 feet on that record. Now, obviously, when you look through and look back on his record like you were just saying some of the names that you mentioned there were, were stuff that legends have made of and I, I've put a little list together uh, of fights that I think are notable fights throughout his career we can have this conversation obviously the first one on the list for me the, the, the one that I'll always associate Larry Holmes to is the sort of downfall of Muhammad Ali's career where Larry Holmes essentially beats what you would say a shell of his former self in Muhammad Ali in 1980 he was definitely I think he showed a little bit of signs of Parkinson's back then as well as uh, at this point he was definitely not the same fighter he once was and he was on the slide he did go on to box a little bit after that Ali but this this was really a, a turning of the tide a, a passing of the torch changing of the guard whatever you want to call it this fight was that fight it was pretty sad to see when you look back on the footage of this fight and you look back at footage of Muhammad Ali previously it's, it's sad to see the, the sort of decline in this fight but you can't really argue with the performance Larry Holmes put on in this particular fight he, he's jab was one of the best jabs I think people will agree in boxing for sure in, in all categories in all weight categories so that was one of the most notable fights on, on his record uh, another one that catches my attention as well is the fight with Jerry Cooney in 1982 I remember watching a documentary on this particular fight how it, it was sort of built up to be a bit of racial stuff going on with this one as well it was like the great white hope in Jerry Cooney against the black champion in Larry Holmes and when you again when you look back on that it is it's it's quite bad to see that that stuff was still going on even at that point in time but it was it, it was kind of built that way between them two and again it was another another great fight if you, you go back and watch that one with Jerry Cooney you'll, you'll you know you'll really enjoy the fight for as, as long as it lasted and does, there is other fights on there on his record is is the one that stands out to you uh, other other than the Muhammad Ali one that you could sort of say well that is a really pivotal point in, in Larry Holmes's career yeah there, well there's a number of them I think Larry Holmes is, as I said has been in with in with some of the names that we kind of we associate with heavyweight boxing heavyweight division almost the the, the names that brought it through um, the kind of guys that he's been in with um, there's not a kind of a true standout one there's the likes where he's been in with Ernie Schaefer um, he's been in with Tim Witherspoon a former heavyweight champion himself um, he, he did fall short of um, kind of breaking into the kind of lights of the Muhammad Ali where those kind of fights he he kind of came in after them and, and the last hurrah I think the way the was the way they kind of build the the Muhammad Ali fight and I remember the 
I've heard the stories of the Jerry Cooney fight and that I think that kind of proceeds I think that's happened before in that, that kind of era of boxing where race seemed to play a part and, and I think it obviously has no place in boxing today but it kind of it was a narrative in those kind of fights back then if there was a white fighter fighting a black fighter especially in the heavyweight division which Larry Holmes was the spearhead of the heavyweight division I think no matter who no matter what anyone says the heavyweight division is going to be always the most famous division in, in heavyweight boxing there's not standout fights but he's been in with some of the, the, the big names and the likes of Witherspoons the likes of Holyfield Ali Tyson um, the Spinks it, he's been in with them all and I think it stands to his test today that I remember when Anthony Joshua started out and he almost I remember Larry Holmes standing standing ringside with him and you could almost see that Anthony Joshua was a small bit starstruck because he's standing here with someone who has achieved exactly what Anthony Joshua would like to achieve and, and the names like Holmes and these kind of guys they deserve to go down for what they've done in the sport and these are the guys who had the 15 round fights not the, not the 12 round fights and it, it was tough these kind of guys if you look at their records they have nearly all at least 70 fights on the record so Larry Holmes is, it, it has to be on this list and I think he's in a good place in fifth because there is there's some huge names and I, th- I think there will always be a heavyweight kind of argument for, for a lot of people to be having and where people lie in those lists Well then when you look through the rest of his career and some of the other notable stuff you've got to remember that Larry Holmes he defended the World Heavyweight Championship 19 times before he went into his 20th defence against Michael Spinks in 1985 and he lost that fight in 1985 and he fought him again in 86 and a loss of that one and went on, a, went on a bit of a bad run after that you know he lost three fights in a row and he sort of seemingly thinking hmm, is this sort of the end but he came back on numerous occasions and you look throughout his career and Evander Holyfield was one you talked about there Cahal early where he fought Holyfield for uh, the heavyweight titles and then there was the fight with Oliver McCall in 1995 he fought Oliver McCall I think he fought Oliver McCall before Lennox Lewis fought him I think was that the same year no or was it was it Frank Bruno uh, it was Frank Bruno that beat Oliver McCall in 95 when he became the world champion for the first time and it was mad to think Larry Holmes who was fighting in the 70s was still fighting in the 90s even up until 2002 do you know who his last opponent was Cahill in 2002 uh, Eric Ish and I don't think I've ever heard of him but it might have been one of those kind of fighting I don't think I think Larry would have hopefully made enough money where he wouldn't have to fight but he's someone who boxed for nearly for nearly 30 years and with the likes of the guys he's been in with and the heavyweight division I don't know how his body kind of brought him through he did win his last fight so it's strange to see the, the names he's linked to it with someone who's fought Muhammad Ali is still fighting in 2002 and, and it's kind of crazy you could kind of some fighters don't know when to quit and I think Muhammad Ali was one of them and it was kind of to his detriment in the end I think those fights are the ones that who knows may have caused the damage the lasting damage that kind of meant that Muhammad wasn't the same um, in his later years but I think Larry Holmes he still seems to have all his faculties together and, and still a big name in, in, in boxing he's one of those names that, that you keep saying that they, they seem to uh, they're steeped in boxing I think boxing wouldn't be the same or heavyweight boxing wouldn't be the same if it wasn't for the likes of uh, for Larry Holmes Evander Holyfield and, and like the likes of Mike Tyson and everything like that when you look at what we just got with Tony Bellew and David Hay it's kind of that's heavyweight boxing or that was a heavyweight fight but you look back at the likes of Muhammad Ali and Larry Holmes and those kind of guys these are the guys who, who were really in the golden era of the heavyweight division well if you don't know who Eric Hesh is uh, he's actually Butterbean you're joking no no honestly Butterbean the Butterbean the guy that was in the tough man contest the guy that 
that ended up in WWF in 98 in a, this tough man, uh, tough enough competition that they did and he knocked out Bart Gunn at WrestleMania 15 or something like that. It's Eric Esch. I've never heard his name. No, that was... Never that, not once Eric Esch. <laughs> yeah, he's actually his name, but he, uh, he goes by the name of Butterbean. That's what everybody knows him as. So it's strange to go to the dizzy heights of fighting somebody like Muhammad Ali, a legend in the sport, one of the... You know, you think of the sport of boxing and automatically you think of Ali and it's strange to think someone like Larry Holmes ended his career and his 75th fight with Eric Eric Butterbean Esch that's that's quite a strange one to be fair to him but 2002 how, how old would he have been then when 2002 what, what age would that have made him um, would he be in his what is that? I'm trying to work it out now like he's obviously so he was born in he was born in 1949 so bloody hell so what would that make him what in his 50s when he fought Butterbean wow yeah probably around that and Butterbean I've actually never seen his name I never knew that was his name <laughs> yeah. I always thought just if he was on box rec he's going to come up as Butterbean that's what I just seen it there and I was thinking who is this Eric Esch guy maybe it's just some kind of journeyman well like Butterbean isn't going to go down as one of the greatest heavyweights <laughs> maybe one of the most recognisable but to be still fighting in your 50s George Foreman fought well in, well into his later years there's some fighters who just seem to be able to do it well I don't, I don't want to say able to do it but who just seem to want to do it want to be in the ring still want to still have a fight I think it's just bred into them well at one point in 1999 there were supposed to be a, a signed contract between Larry Holmes and George Foreman and that fight was actually supposed to happen in 99 unfortunately it never did and obviously they were well into the, you know like the 50s you know the late 40s early 50s back then but for whatever reason uh, it was it was cancelled on Foreman's part the promoter basically failed to sign the deal for to pay him the remaining amount of money which was involved it was like a 10 million pound purse for this fight imagine getting 10 million pounds for these two guys to fight each other at the age they were at in 99 it's absolutely ridiculous to think that they would have got that but again it's about what they'd brought to the sport in the past 20 years prior to it which is why they would have got that type of money because people would have paid to see that which is it's absolutely mad crazy well batshit crazy but going back to uh, uh, Larry Holmes when you look at his accomplishments over his career he won the WBC IBF and Ring Magazine belts over his career uh, defended the heavyweight title 19 times and he beat the likes of Muhammad Ali Jerry Cooney big big names in the sport Ernie Shavers he's definitely one of the greatest heavyweights of all time without a shadow of a doubt he was inducted into the Boxing Hall of Fame I'm not too sure when that was but I know he was inducted into the Boxing Hall of Fame at some point well deserved might I add because he is a guy that brought heavyweight boxing throughout the 80s when Muhammad Ali left the sport Larry Holmes took over Larry Holmes was the new Muhammad Ali not in the same sense as, as a fighter but in the same sense as the guy that everybody looked to in the heavyweight division Larry Holmes was was that Muhammad Ali of the 80s for what he's done for the sport like you said about well, the way Anthony Joshua was kind of starstruck with him it's because of what he's done he, he, he's always well renowned as having one of the best jabs in boxing and that is why I have put him in my list so this list is subjective and I've not put him in there sort of ranking him as the fifth greatest heavyweight ever I've just put him on the list as one of the five heavyweights that we've put down on our list to talk about in this episode so have you got anything more to add about Larry Holmes Cahill before we move on no just a great heavyweight a great heavyweight champion and, and a, plenty of fights that I think with this list there's kind of there's, you're not going to find Anthony Joshua or Tyson Fury or any of that kind of stuff where you can just go watch some of the fights I think it's really interesting for these kind of lists where it is guys from the past maybe people that you kind of go oh yeah I remember the name Larry Holmes that's one that like I actually did some fights I want to catch up on uh, or stuff I want to read about because I think that's kind of stuff that these lists always kind of it might spring a name like Butterbean is after springing for me I never knew his 
name it was Eric Esch but <laughs> so if those kind of things you might want to follow on with with Larry Holmes and watch some some of his kind of fights and his story because I think that's I think boxing probably has some of the most interesting kind of stories out of any sport but it's always kind of interesting to look back on the history of the sport especially the heavyweight division it's steeped in history and it goes right back to the to, to, to the to the early times so you have guys like Jack Dempsey those kind of guys who are all worth reading about and watching kind of there's always documentaries there's always interesting stuff that you can find out online and and, and, in, and in books about these guys because they, they are so interesting there is they it, it's it's what heavyweight boxing is today it's because of these guys like Larry Holmes well let's move on then and go to the next one and I will pick one off the list I've got and I will pick the fighter that we have had a difference in on our list so you've picked one fighter and I've picked a slightly different one for my list whilst the others are the same so the one that's different from Cahill's list for me was Lennox Lewis uh, Lennox Lewis we're talking about Larry Holmes who, who sort of transcended the 80s for me Lennox Lewis was the guy that sort of the back the back end of the 90s sort of early 2000s up to mid 2000s he was the guy that was the top of the mountain basically he was the one that everybody looked to the best part about it from, from sort of our perspective was that he was actually well this is debatable he was a British fighter it was a bit of a strange one isn't it with Lennox Lewis because he was born in, in London in West Ham in 1965 but then these parents took him over to Canada he boxes for Canada in the Olympics and he's got the full on Canadian sort of American accent and then he comes back over to Britain starts to forge a really good career path for himself and I think that's always going to be up for debate about him, the British Canadian thing but in my eyes he although he represented Canada in the Olympics he always came out and represented Britain uh, as a heavyweight and as a heavyweight champion so just to sort of start off really on, on, on his career you know if you look back to, to what he did uh, he won the 1983 Junior World Championships he represented Canada as a super heavyweight in the 1984 Olympics he, he went in the Commonwealth Games he went to the Pan American Games he went to the North American Championships and then the big moment for Lennox Lewis came in the 1988 Summer Olympics when he became the gold medalist at super heavyweight and it was funny because when you look back at that super heavyweight tournament in the 1988 Olympics there's one name that's synonymous on there and one name that he was always linked to in his career and that was Riddick Bow, who he beat in two rounds and that was a name that he would go on to be sort of synonymous with a little bit further on in his career in terms of what he's achieved so in, in his career he he's had a bit of an up and down career really for Lennox Lewis because he started out really well it looked like he, he was he was Progressing really well, he fought Frank Bruno. You know, everybody loved Frank Bruno in Britain at the time. He beat Frank Bruno in 1992. He knocked out the Canadian Donovan Razor Ruddock in two rounds to be the number one contender for the WBC title. So he was really on the career path there in the early 90s. He came the number one contender for Riddick Bowes heavyweight championship and one of the most notable events that you will always see in boxing history was the dumping of the WBC belt in the trash bin from Riddick Bow. he didn't want to fight him he basically just didn't want to fight Lennox Lewis and Riddick Bowes career for me after sort of the Evander Holyfield fights he completely went downhill and th- th- this was something that could have changed his career completely should he have gone in there beat Lennox Lewis just imagine what the heavyweight scene would have been like if that would have happened but he chose not to do 
do it and he chose to well it was a trashy move really dumping a well established belt like that into the bin and for me it was the biggest mistake of his career and I'm sure it was one of them things that you'll always hear in an interview with him at this point in time where he'll say it was the biggest mistake I made in my career he should have took that fight he should have took it what basically happened after that was in December 1992 the WBC then declared Lewis as its champion making him the first world heavyweight title holder from Britain in the 20th century so Carl I'm going to come over to you now and just touch a little bit on sort of Lennox Lewis maybe talk about a little bit of his earlier career you know the sort of Riddick Bowie era and in him being a British Canadian and I want to know what your thoughts are and all that type of stuff with the Lennox Lewis first yeah Lennox Lewis is one of them I always thought was British and I remember being really young and watching his fights and I remember the first time I ever heard him speak and I go no he's American and then I found out he's Canadian and then I found out the whole backstory that went on there so he's not someone that I associate is 100% British I think if you're not British you kind of see Lennox Lewis as um, kind of an adopted Brit but he was born there so it's kind of he is a British champion he goes down as the greatest ever heavyweight champion from Britain um, he's probably the most familiar name I remember from my from when I was young um, it was always the Lennox Lewis fights that we'd stay up for late the Holyfield fights the kind of the, the Rackman fights the fights with Ty- I'll always remember the, the night that he fought Tyson and that fight was never going to be what we wanted it to be because it was maybe a few years late and probably if it had happened to maybe not probably about three, three four years before we would have got the exciting fight that we wanted to see so he was he's 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 not the most outspoken most controversial but he's had those moments where we remember the press conference with Tyson where we kind of seen that he does have that kind of dark side to him where we can get involved when needs be and, and probably now given back um, he, he's big in the boxing community in America so he, he's such a good fine boxing brain and he's someone who he's fought the likes of the Klitschko's and stuff like that and I remember people saying about the, the, the mess he left Vitaly Klitschko's face in but Vitaly was winning the fight if you look at Vitaly Klitschko's face he wasn't lasting and another six rounds with Lennox Lewis his face couldn't hold up and I think he for me he belongs on the heavyweight list completely but I just think there's other guys who maybe have who've been bigger names maybe have done not I don't want to say more because what he achieved was 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 unbelievable and probably the, the David Tua fight is one that I, I always remember because I always remember really liking David Tua I can't really remember why I think it was just to kind of come forward try and knock him out no matter what he could do but I think Lennox Lewis kind of dealt with him well kind of that fight was one that I always remember because I remember the build up and I remember I think I think I, I think I can remember the track suits I think it was FUBU or something like that that I always <laughs> remember those kind of guys wearing I remember the kind of bad 90s style that Lennox kind of had a, was a bit guilty of himself told the world has been stuck in big baggy FUBU tracksuits but Lennox Lewis goes that would have went down on my list if it wasn't for um, for another guy who's going to come up nearly drop the name there but I always was excited for Lennox Lewis fights and the Evander Holyfield fights and he did have his ups and downs in his career in terms of he knocked out to Hasim Rackman when people thought that it, it wasn't going to happen so it was a shock and it was a bad knockout but to come back and beat him in four rounds w- was always exciting I remember the build up to the rematch and the little bit of spite there between the two so Lennox Lewis is, is probably the most familiar name from my young boxing kind of life I remember the kind of everyone was always excited when a Lennox Lewis fight was on a little bit what it's like when an Anthony Joshua fight comes on now I think Britain really get behind got really got behind Lennox Lewis the same way they're getting behind Anthony Joshua and I think Anthony Joshua is the name that if he does have the career the way it's going to pan out maybe in however many years someone else is doing a boxing list he, he might find his way onto that because these kind of names are, are, are what we what we associate with heavyweight boxing and Lewis is definitely one of them he's, he's even fought guys like Shannon Briggs and when you see that Shannon Briggs was in line to face Tyson Fury that would have been a fight I would have rather seen so those kind of guys they're always still hanging 
hanging around. They're always names that you're gonna know, and you're gonna know. Type you're gonna remember Shannon Briggs. He the, the crazy hair. I remember he had when he fought um, when he fought Lennox Lewis. But uh, an, an exciting fighter um, carried power um, and just someone who was who was always kind of there was always such hype around his fights, always such excitement. And I always remember that from when I was young when it came to Lennox Lewis. Well, some of the most notable fights that he had on his record. Obviously, you look at his earlier career, and there was the likes of Frank Bruno on there. But then when you get to sort of the mid nineties, you're looking at you had the fight with Oliver McCall in ninety four, which he lost, which was his first loss on his record. He, he then worked his way back into world title contention, and then in one of the strangest endings to fights you'll ever see, uh, other than the uh, Muhammad Ali and Sonny Liston fight, <laughs> another heavyweight one. The one of the strangest endings was back in nineteen ninety seven when he had a rematch with Oliver McCall for the World Boxing Council, the WBC title. Basically, McCall had lost the first three rounds, but he got to the fourth. He refused to box in the fourth and fifth rounds and then all of a sudden he just he mentally broke down in the ring he mentally broke down in the ring and the referee just was forced to stop the fight unfortunately he was obviously suffering from mental issues at the time for for him to, to have done that in the ring but it was one of the most strangest of scenarios you you will get in, in boxing and boxing history and it's always one of them things that you sort of see replayed on montages of, of events that have happened in boxing it's because it's, 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 you don't expect it you know something like that and the fan man situation when the uh, guy came in the ring with a, with a with a parachute in the uh, was it in the Vandy Holyfield really bow fight that one I can't, I can't remember but it was it was again that was another situation but this the, when he cried in the middle of the ring and the fight was got stopped it was such a strange situation and Donix Lewis goes on then to become the heavyweight champion of the world and then we go on to see the two Holyfield fights the first one was a draw which I, I remember I never watched it but I listened to it on the radio at the time and I remember listening to it on like BBC Sport at four o'clock in the morning on, on like one of these old radios and then when it was scored a draw and then I watched the fight back because back then we didn't have YouTube we didn't have YouTube to watch all this stuff back then it was either you paid for it and watched it at the time and that was it you didn't get to catch it the next day you wasn't able to record it on your skybox or anything like that it was either you stay up and watch it with somebody or with your family or you don't get to see it at all because they never replayed everything like they do with Sky Sky are quite tricky because you, you'll buy someone on Skybox office a week later they'll show the whole fight for free anyway or you'll just go on YouTube the next day in this day and age and watch it but yeah Lewis and Holyfield twice that was a fantastic sort of two fights made him become the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world at that time and like you said he fought the likes of Shannon Briggs which was a cracking fight really cracking fight with Shannon Briggs when Shannon Briggs was in his prime really great fight then when there was the Ratman fight like you say uh, went to South Africa and I remember it being on the BBC I remember staying up for that one and then he just got knocked out and I was just like what the hell has just happened here he comes back he beats him like you say in a great one-two combination knocks him out in the fourth and then for me one of the fights that was probably one of the most hyped fights of the last 20 years for sure which was Lewis versus Tyson and yeah I agree with you Cole like you said earlier it was way past Tyson's best way past Tyson's best and probably it was coming towards the end of Lewis's career but the hype surrounding this fight was unbelievable the press that press conference where they stood on the box from end to end and all of a sudden you see Tyson just going over and start lay, trying to lay into Lewis and what I will say is if you've not listened to Mike Tyson's Bite the Mic podcast I would go back and I would recommend listening to the two episodes where he has Lennox Lewis on and they talk about this this build up to this fight Lewis talks about the fact that he, he, 
he was like a big scuffle. They seen punches fly, and he started throwing punches. And then all of a sudden, he felt this pain in his leg. He looked down, and there was Mike Tyson clinging on with his teeth. And it's it's really good to go back and listen to, and you kind of get the the full feeling of what it was must have been actually like for both of them back then. And then the whole situation where they had the complete line of security guards stopping them between the middle in the ring. We had the double announcement. We had Jimmy Lennon Jr. doing it's showtime, and then we had Michael Buffer doing let's it's get ready to rumble. It was just the whole event surrounding it was it was was memorable, and it was one that I will never forget because it was such a big fight. And although it didn't essentially live up to the hype because you could see Tyson was past his best, the whole hype surrounding it for boxing was was fantastic at the time. And then he goes on to fight Vitaly Klitschko in what would I would refer to as a slobber knocker. That was an absolute cracking fight as well. And subsequently, Lewis's last fight when he beat Klitschko, or it was the cuts that did it in the end. But I think that uppercut he hit Vitaly Klitschko with was was reminiscent of obviously what Anthony Joshua's against Vladimir was last year so if you want to go back and watch some of the later fights in Lennox Lewis's career I would definitely recommend to it really for me in summary I, I've i always loved watching Lennox Lewis fight at the end of his career I can understand why Cole, you've had a difference of opinion on this one and why you've decided to pick another fighter obviously we'll hear your reasonings behind that in a moment but for me I think it, this is a more of a personal thing I, I grew up watching Lennox Lewis and I think this is why from what he's achieved in the sport in really which was a short space of time from becoming champion to, to then retiring in comparison to some of the fighters we're talking about on this podcast he's done quite a lot really and he deserved every sort of credit he gets and at this moment in time he is probably the best British heavyweight we've had hopefully we'll see some of the other heavyweights that we've got at the moment achieve something like this in the future so that's my take on Lennox Lewis he was in there so I've got him in my fourth pick and Cahal I'm going to come over to you now and you tell us who you've picked yeah someone I've picked and it's a name probably one of the most famous names in boxing um, well I wouldn't say just just one word I think people associate um, I think you could say to anybody what would the word Rocky mean to you what would it what would kind of what pitch would it give you in your head and then people think of boxing and, and uh, it comes from Rocky Marciano I think it was a heavyweight list it was one I was kind of struggling with I was looking at the likes of Lewis Evander Holyfield Jack Dempsey those kind of guys but I just think if you look at the record of Rocky Marciano and what he actually achieved he went undefeated uh, through his whole career that's something now these days that is kind of it, it's almost unheard of but to be to be fighting these guys back then where the gloves are smaller the fights are longer like th- these are these are 15 round fights against guys who are fighting with like the gloves these days are kind of they are a lot more padded I, I wouldn't like to take a punch from any heavyweight but th- they were kind of almost just kind of hand covers at, uh, compared to what they are now Rocky Marciano was one probably the, one of the most famous um, heavyweights out there um, he had 49 fights and if you if you look at if you want to talk about punching power and you see some of the guys now that have a certain amount of fights and a certain amount of knockout power but in the heavyweight division out of 49 fights he knocked out 43 of his opponents which which, which is huge and it, it's kind of that lets you know what kind of power he was he was, um, he, he was carrying he was champion for I think it was 6 years born in 1923 or he defended it six times sorry he, he had some great fights he won the title against uh, Jersey Joe Walcott who came up in uh, in last night's episode of uh, of the podcast or when we were recording last night and it was in the 13th round where he um, he nearly took the head of Walcott um, it, it's a stunning knockout and it's one that if you can get the, the good footage on YouTube and that's what you might struggle with sometimes when you do want to look back on all the fights you can kind of struggle with quality a little bit but Rocky Marciano was one of those heavyweights that his, I think it, it comes up a lot and it came up a lot when it was Floyd Mayweather was going for the 40 
99 know you were hearing the name a lot of Rocky Marciano to kind of to beat his record and, and Floyd did get the 50 and 0 but I think I think they, that will have a little asterisk beside it because it was an MMA fighter so I think if he really wants to get the 50 and 0 and really kind of beat Rocky Marciano's record he needs to fight someone he might not he might just uh, he might leave it but Rocky Marciano's record for me is probably one that's probably up there with Floyd Mayweather's maybe Rocky Marciano's one just beats it in terms of the guys he the guys he was fighting these guys are tough rugged guys I'm not saying that the guys Floyd Mayweather aren't but they it was it was back in an all time where boxing fifteen round fights as I said and some of the, the amount of fights some of these guys have had and um, if you look at the records of some of these guys just for instance the, some of them have about nearly ninety fights it, some nearly have two hundred fights um Rocky Marciano's last opponent had I'll just read the record it was Archie Moore who had one hundred forty nine fights uh, one hundred forty nine yeah one hundred forty nine fights that, that that's crazy if so you wouldn't think of anyone now who will go on and have forty nine fights. His previous two opponents had 85 fights and 66 fights, respectively. Like these guys are, you can think of if you thought Anthony, Anthony Joshua now, I think what is he 21 fights? Can you imagine if he had another 120 fights? <laughs> yeah. How long he'd go and how many guys he'd be in with? How many times he'd face the same guys? And just the kind of state it would leave him in. So that's the kind of respect I'd have for Rocky Marciano. Um, it's a, it's a, an interesting way of I think I've, I've heard the stories of Rocky Marciano. I think he made a lot of money in his career but wasn't very um, wasn't very generous with his money would I say I think he didn't leave much of a will and I think they found about I think at the time they found around I think about a million dollars all rolled up in the house in, in walls and things like life fixtures and stuff like that so obviously didn't trust the banks did Rocky and, and it's it's a crazy story I think how he died I think if, if I remember it right I could be wrong um, I'm open to correction on this I think he was killed in a plane crash and I think the, it's a gruesome story how it did happen uh, it's not it's, it's not something that people will want to read up on but a great name all the same when it came to, to Rocky Marciano and I think the name Rocky lives on to um, lives on through the, the likes of Sylvester Stallone and, and, and those kind of Rocky movies and I think it still goes on now with the Creed movies they're all bred from these kind of guys and Rocky Marciano carrying a record of 49-0 something that a lot of fighters even now are going to struggle to do but in the heavyweight division back in the kind of back in his time when it was when it was a lot tougher to, to go undefeated for that long in such hard fights to get a record of 49-0 has to be respected and and to, to be the heavyweight champion when it was just one belt to be that best in the world when it was just one belt I think that that deserves respect and Rocky Marciano I think deserves to be on any heavyweight list he absolutely does deserve to be on any heavyweight list and I, I agree with you on that I think what a lot of critics kind of leave him off the sort of top echelons of a list like these for is because when you read through some of the reports about Rocky Marciano I think a lot of people criticise him and this is not me criticising him but I think it is an, a, an opinion that a lot of people do have about him and the fact that when he the, the majority of the opponents he fought sort of leading up to his world title win there wasn't really a great deal of crop of heavyweights around at the time that were, were sort of like you, you know when you had like your Muhammad Ali's you had your Frazers you had your Foreman's you had your Ken Norton's your Ernie Shavers people like that you know you had your Tyson's and you had your Witherspoon's your Burbeck's all you know all these type of fighters that were really associated with these top heavyweights that we're talking about when you look back on Rocky Marcy Arnold's career you look at 
two two sort of three names on there that are, are very notable and you've got Jersey Joe Walcott who he fought twice and knocked out twice and then you've got Ezard Charles who he fought twice and then you've got Archie Moore now these are the three fighters that are most notable I would say on his record not forgetting Joe Lewis of course I nearly did forget Joe Lewis then but Joe Lewis again he was at the end of his career he was re- quite old at the point that Rocky Marciano beat him Jersey Joe Walcott was 38 when he fought Rocky Marciano I'm not too sure about Ezard Charles and Archie Moore but I do know of Joe Lewis's and Jersey Joe Walcott's age at the time and and that I think that's why a lot of people kind of try to downplay the the, the 49-0 record and the achievement of him I, I can understand why they do that but and then on the same sense I can also understand the point of view where at the end of the day there was only one heavyweight world title there at the time which is fantastic it made sure that everybody had to fight each other to get a shot at that world title but there just wasn't the same level of opposition for him there wasn't the, as big of a pool of fighters that were of an exceptional level and I think that's why people do downplay his achievements in boxing which is a shame really for people that do do that because at the end of the day like you said at the start of the conversation about Rocky Marciano you mentioned the fact that they were wearing smaller gloves longer rounds and the fighting style he had for him to have gone 49 fights undefeated it's not really something you see in this day and age for that type of fighting style you look at the fighting styles of fighters like that and you don't really see him go past sort of 35 40 fights tops I mean trying to think of names off the top of my head here you know even in lower weights where I think Julio Cesar Chavez I think maybe was one of them and he got to some like was it 60 70 fights you know before he had his first loss but he was the only other person of that type of fighting style where I could honestly say you know would have that many fights and go undefeated you know you, you don't really see that I mean you look at this day and age and you see the, the style of fighter that he is and you look at the style of fighters that are around they don't really go any further past sort of 30 30 to 40 fights before the losses start to creep in because they can only sustain that type of style for so long before someone comes along and, and he's able to, to figure that style out and beat him or they, they just get a bit shop worn because of the, the type of fight that they have to have in the ring and the style of fight that they have to have they're always open to, to taking the shots as well as giving them so I am a little disappointed at the people that do sort of say well you know he didn't fight enough great fighters of his time but at the end of the day he could only fight what was put in front of him he did fight four great fighters in the heavyweight division yes it may not be the likes of your, your Foremans your, your Arlies you know your people like that or your Tysons but again this is this is a completely different era we're referring to here and he only beat what was put in front of him and to, to go that far undefeated is a feat that really uh, has only been matched by Floyd Mayweather and uh, again it's a debatable subject which we could have another podcast about where Floyd Mayweather's career some of the fighters he's fought again are debatable and you could say he sort of plucked these fighters at certain points of the careers where you kind of feel like it was an easier fight for him and that that's kind of why he took the fight but I'll leave that for another podcast to talk about but what I'm kind of referring to here is is the fact that Rocky Marciano's career should be respected and he should always be featured in one of the greatest heavyweights and you know what I think in the in the 70s or the 80s they did some type of a, a videotape a special videotape where it was like a fantasy fight between Ali and Marciano yeah. these are the types of things that, that this is how respected he was because they wouldn't have done something like that for, for you know if I'm, I'm actually going to look now as we're speaking what that video was called because I'd like to sort of say people go and have a quick look at it because 
because it's um, it's something that they wouldn't have they wouldn't have done if they didn't feel he, he, he was a respected fighter. And so it was actually called the Super Fight, and it was brought out in 1970. So I don't even think was VHS around in 1970. I don't even think it was to be honest with you. But yeah, 1970. It's a, it was basically billed as a mythical boxing match between Rocky Marciano and Muhammad Ali, using computerized scoring to determine the winner. That that's that just kind of says to me, like obviously Ali at that point in his career was at the peak of his career in 1970 when this was released and obviously unfortunately Rocky Marciano had, had passed away in the plane crash like you say at this point but that that for me speaks volumes I, I think people forget that's even existed this 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 footage of Marciano versus Ali in this computerised fight that they did and it's, it's, it's quite crazy that they did it and if you look back uh, they actually they actually made a lot of money off it because people wanted to to, to sort of fantasise about what would have happened should this have fight this should this fight ever have come about and it's for, for me it just sort of sums up Rocky Marciano really that regardless of what people say about his career and try to downplay it he is definitely one of the greatest heavyweights of all time that is 100% for sure and I really don't care if people don't agree with me on this one because I, I agree with you he should be in that list whilst I didn't pick him for mine because I had different people for different reasons he's definitely up there that is absolutely for sure Cahol have you got anything more to add about Rocky Marciano? No I remember the, the super film and, and I think it even comes up in one of the Rocky movies the, their little take on, on if Rocky I think was in with I think was it the Antonio Tarver of it was one of the one of the very recent Rocky movies I think it was the last Rocky movie where they did a kind of what if Ant- Antonio Tarver his character would have been in with Sylvester Stallone yeah, yeah, as, yeah, as did, their yeah. prime of their character so I think I remember that so it's just showing that those kind of things I think it was billed that who was the greatest ever was I think that's the, the, the tagline of, of the super film or the super fight sorry I think that's the, the tagline of the film who was the greatest so if you're going to put in the greatest what people thought at the time was is Muhammad Ali greater than Rocky Marciano so I think Rocky Marciano he has to go in any heavyweight list if if you don't say the opponents but he did beat Joe, Joe Louis and Joe Louis comes in with a lot of people kind of have it one and two between Ali and Louis so Louis, so I think it's yeah you have to respect the kind of the record and you look back at the time as you said it's a different time so you can say he wasn't in with the same opponents but to build up a record of 49 and 0 at that time it has to be respected and for me it breaks them into into top five of any of any heavyweight list yeah totally 100% agree so let's move on let's go to another one on our list I think the next one that we've both got on our list is is, is a fighter that I, I would say uh, is one that I grew up uh, really enjoy talking about and one that I enjoyed watching he was actually one of the first heavyweight fighters that I, I ever watched uh, it was actually Mike Tyson who I've put on my list as, as, as sort of the third one down on the list I was going to rip his heart out I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynx is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody as ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from Nairclaw. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Mike Tyson is a fighter that did so much after sort of Larry Holmes. We talked about Larry Holmes earlier and, and you know he sort of defined the 80s but I think he defined sort of the early to mid 80s and then when Tyson came along Tyson sort of blew onto the scene and became the youngest ever heavyweight champion of the world at the age of 21 I believe or 2021 one of the two but he became the youngest ever heavyweight champion that is just something that 
for a long-standing record for such a long time that you're never going to forget how vicious of a fighter he was. You're never going to forget how even before fighters got into the ring, they'd lost the fight. They'd been intimidated that much by the aura of him just coming to the ring. Like they'd lost the fight before he'd even got in the bloody ring. It was, it was absolutely mental to see the effect he had on other fighters. But he is one that... He's, he's, you know, you see these debates on boxing forums, you see it on Facebook pages all the time about was Tyson the best fighter in the heavyweight division ever or was it Ali? We will talk about, you know, a little bit later on, of course, because he's he's on this list. You can't not think we're not going to put Muhammad Ali on this list. So there's no spoilers here. But Tyson, going back to him, a lot of people refer to him as one of the best heavyweights of all time and people still to this day debate it to shit. They really do. And you see it all the time on boxing groups. People say, no, no, you know, if they them two would have fought Tyson's uppercuts and the speed and the ferocity and all the rest, of, you know, that would have done it. But going back to Tyson's career and talking about Tyson as a fighter, yeah, he made such an impactful statement in, in the 80s that will never, ever be forgotten in the heavyweight division. Although, really, his best years were there, the sort of the 80s. I, w- I wouldn't even say some of the 90s because, obviously, we're going to talk about the fact that he was he was put into prison. He was incarcerated. So that, that lost a lot of his good years. It was such a shame, really. And when even when he came back after that, he, he didn't really seem the same fighter. They were putting him in with fighters that really weren't fit to lace his boots. I mean, the other, I'll be honest with you, the first big heavyweight fight I ever watched as as a child was Mike Tyson versus Frank Bruno 2 in 1996. I remember going to watch it at one of my dad's friend's houses and staying up till daft o'clock in the morning to watch the fight, only for it to end in, I think it was like round number two or three. Uh, he just, he blew Frank Bruno away and he just looked like a beast at that time, an absolute beast. But then following that was really sort of when the downfall of his career came and, and that's what really, you know, we're going to sort of talk about bits and bats of his career now. So, Cole, I'll bring it over to you. Mike Tyson in the 80s, one of the greatest fighters of all time, surely. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people kind of debate whether Mike Tyson belongs on kind of heavyweight list and then I kind of think, how couldn't he? A lot of people say that he doesn't deserve to be but when when you compare him to other fighters but Mike Tyson, I think, for, for me, has to be on any heavyweight list and in the top in the top five of any list because he's the youngest ever heavyweight champion I think he was 20 when he did it and if you look at his resume he I don't think he fought a 10 rounder till I don't know or he didn't fight a full fight he was knocking guys out in the first round first round first round second round fourth round he was this guy was the, the power he had and I remember even hearing some fighters that, that have been interviewed since that saying when you were knocked out by Tyson it was almost a relief because you're getting <laughs> you're getting hit so hard beaten so badly that when you're actually knocked out it's actually quite peaceful because I know it's over and it wasn't like the knockout is better than just constant punishment so the, the guys he's been in with the guys he's faced and we all know the backstory and the kind of what he's come from he came from the ghetto we're moving to kind of moving out to um, I can't remember the name of the, the trainer now Customato or yeah Customato yeah. That? yeah and I can, can never remember that name so he, we all know the story and it was he was always the kind of bad boy and I don't think he ever kind of he almost lived by that and he, he kind of he, he went against the system in a lot of ways and, and we know his story with prison and he, the issues he had away from the ring and, and bad management and it was always kind of it was sad to see how his career did turn out but it's good to see now how he kind of he's turned it all around and he's he's shown what he what he's truly like he, he's, he's a funny guy very intelligent guy 
his podcast is brilliant to listen to a very good actor he's in a lot of kind of movies he's in some certain movies I've seen with Stephen Scal which are a bit cringy but to go back to his boxing the kind of Holyfield fights how famous they are for maybe people would say the wrong reasons but his, his fights with um, his fight with the likes of Holmes his fights with the likes of um, oh, sorry now the it's Frank Bruno they're all fights that you look back on but I think Mike Tyson is probably the fighter I know best from if you look at YouTube videos even if you just want to watch a bit of Mike Tyson the amount of top knockout video like he is in nearly all knockout videos yeah. and you, I think I don't know how many of his own knockout videos he has top 5 Mike Tyson knockouts and it, it's just unbelievable and you look at some some of the the ref sometimes struggles to be able to hold him off and, and the power he has the way he comes forward the kind of the role he has under these big guys and, and the, the speed he had and it, the, the, the swing and hooks that he had to knock these guys out it, it's just unbelievable the power he did carry um, his career did kind of tape, taper off and kid kind of did become a little bit a little bit sad when we seen like the where he's saying that he, he, he broken his back and things like that and he, he said he's purely doing this to pay bills that's what we never thought would happen with Mike Tyson and if you read some of his story I think he said that he had a house completely covered in, in Versace or something like that he and he said that he had houses he never even knew he had and he was he, he houses that he'd never been in or houses that he'd been in once I think that he even it, it, this is the, the kind of the fame he had he had so much money at the time he was almost like the Floyd Mayweather of the, the kind of 90s in terms of boxing that money he didn't money wasn't an issue those kind of things this guy was he was pure box office everyone wanted to see him fight it was an occasion when Mike Tyson fought and I think even one, one of the stories he said he was approached and he, he found that he was being sued for something like 300 million dollars I think his reply was well just pay it. It, it that's the kind of the, the kind of opinion he had it was very bad management and things like that but that will never take away from the career Mike Tyson had probably one of the most recognisable faces when it comes to boxing and the heavyweight division and if you look at his record it, it, I wouldn't say it's patchy he does have a number of defeats but nearly all great heavyweights have defeats except when it comes to Marciano um, 50 fights it, 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 it really it, it's, it was sad to see how it tailed off and I always kind of hold that a kind of bit when it comes to Tyson someone whose story was kind of he'd reached the top and when he got the top everyone wanted so much of him that it kind of dragged him down and when it it's purely comes to boxing um, the fight with Lennox Lewis I'll never forget the build up as you were saying Sean when you were talking about Lennox Lewis it, it was the most hype fight the most the stuff he did the build up and the stuff the guys were both saying about each other especially what Tyson said was it, was it Lennox Lewis that he said he wanted to eat his children or something like <laughs> yeah. that yeah and he also said as well like, I'll, I'll fuck you until you love me I'll fuck you till you love me faggot <laughs> Yeah, those kind of things. Those kind of like, the outburst in press conferences. Like the best moments from Mike Tyson's career are gonna involve moments that you actually think are bad. And we all know the story of prison and stuff, where maybe we were robbed of the kind of the best of Mike Tyson. I think that comes with Muhammad Ali, where as you said, he we were kind of robbed of the, those best years too. So it could have been what might have been if these kind of things didn't happen. So Mike Tyson is always going to be a kind of he has a checkered past and a checkered. I you could say boxing career when it comes to the Evander Holyfield things, but it made him the person he was. Probably one of the most feared boxers um, you'd ever see like the, the 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 stare the kind of steel in his eyes if you watch some of the where they've where the ref uh, gives the rules at the, the, just before the first bell and this fight is kind of giving the kind of shake and giving them the eyes and Mike Tyson doesn't move he doesn't blink and he's just staring through these guys because he knows he can punch through these guys and it's just I'd implore anyone to just watch the best knockouts of Mike Tyson's career and you are going to enjoy it because some of them are just they're just mind-blowing how guys get up from any of these kind of things but Mike Tyson had to be on the list I think of greatest heavyweights one of the most recognisable faces and, and for me probably goes down in all of boxing as one of my favourite boxers of all time yeah he, he's definitely one of my favourite boxers of all time and I do feel uh, quite sorry for him and I do feel like we were robbed of some of his career and I think there's there's lots to talk about really there and I'll kind of summarise it up in a bit of a short statement really and when you look back on his career and you look back where he got to 
in the 80s. He was 20 years old when he won his first world title. He then went on to successfully then unify uh, the division to a degree when he beat Tony Tucker. He, he won the WBA, WBC, uh, he had the w, uh, IBF then, sorry, and then he goes on to beat Larry Holmes. A note for that Larry Holmes fight as well was the moment Muhammad Ali comes into the ring and tells him to knock him out. I think it's something along the lines of uh, knock him out for me that Muhammad Ali said to whispered in Tyson's ear before that fight and that was quite interesting because I think uh, Tyson does say in one of his documentaries that that's what he said to him he knock him out for me kind of thing and that's that's really really crazy to think about it was like he'd endorsed Tyson uh, as his favourite heavyweight essentially and he wanted him to knock Larry Holmes out for a revenge for him losing to Larry Holmes in 1980 so that was a notable point and obviously the most notable point was one of the biggest upsets of all time which is a, a podcast I would like to do as well where we talk about these types of upsets and the one that stands out is obviously the Buster Douglas one in 1990 no one's ever going to forget that that's also a debatable fight because I think if you watch that fight back on YouTube the referee I think should have counted 10 for Buster Douglas I think there's uh, people have even slowed the footage down and all sorts of stuff to sort of show where this actually happened and a mistake was made that should have happened and I think Tyson even actually says it as well in interviews about the referee should have counted 10 in, in one of the rounds where he knocked Buster Douglas down but however he went on and he kind of became undone Buster Douglas at that time and I think he'd lost his mum not long before the fight and it, it obviously just inspired him to just walk through all them punches and I think that was Tyson's undoing really in, in, in parts of his career is once that intimidation factor had gone the fact that Buster Douglas took all them punches got up and carried on and walked through them all I think I think he kind of broke his heart a little bit essentially and, and then that's what ended up being the upset uh, one of the greatest upsets of all time and then he goes on he obviously gets put in prison for, for, for rape and then he comes out in 19 starts to get back on the career trail beats Frank Bruno like I say for the WBC title defends it against Bruce Seldon uh, and then has the two fights with Holyfield and obviously the, the I think it was the second fight with Holyfield where he gets so frustrated and he bites a piece of Holyfield's ear off and spits it on the floor and that is the moment I will also never forget as well because I remember it clear as day and you can go on YouTube and, and watch that back but these are sort of the negative side of his career and it's a shame really that you know as much as positive there was about his career there's also a lot of negative you know the fact that he was in prison the the, the biting of the year and the, the biting of Lennox Lewis at that press conference the stuff he said in the press conference in the fight just you know he's come out so much afterwards and, and he was in such a bad place at certain points of his career and I feel sorry for him really because he, he won the title at such a young age he lost Customato at such a young age he was essentially the guy that brought him up and he was guided by Don King who's one of the slimiest fuckers in boxing that you you know we could do a whole podcast on this guy just for the sole fact that he's one slimy motherfucker and he him and a couple of other management you know they stole money off him they, they did things that ended up leaving him penniless that ended up leaving him in a position where he had to then fight on when he shouldn't have had to fight on and it was such a shame the loss to Danny Williams as well at the end of his career you know Danny Williams his biggest win you know he'll always go down in history as beating Mike Tyson but it wasn't the Mike Tyson we knew back in the 80s and it is unfortunate but what he's done after his career uh, has, has been fantastic the shows you know disputed truth shows that he's done the movies that he's been in you know the podcasts that he does I think he's turned his career around phenomenally and he's turned his life around phenomenally for what he achieved in such a short period of time he will always be remembered as one of the greatest heavyweights of all time and that is for sure so let's move on then let's go to our next one and I think both of our number two picks on this one was 
Joe Lewis. So, Cahill, I'll bring it over to you. Tell us a little bit about why you've picked Joe Lewis as sort of your second in that list. Yeah, Joe Lewis was, was the one that I was kind of thinking could he be number one on a lot of people's list. He is number one. Um, this, we've heard the, the one that everyone knows is at the moment is the bronze bomber. Joe Lewis, the, the brown bomber. Um, he was... He was the, the, the fights he had with uh, Mashmegling, those kind of fights are, especially the second fight, I think is, is his finest performance. And it is hard to kind of get footage because it is so long ago. He reigned between 1937 and 48. That was around kind of the war and stuff like that. So kind of tough time to kind of get to kind of be fighting and things like that. And I think the the, the, the narrative when it was Max uh, Schmeling, it was kind of, it was Hitler's kind of the whites of the kind of the, the way people should look against Joe Lewis, who was the, the black and that's what they didn't want at those times is is what they were kind of building it as and, and Joe Lewis to to, to beat him um, in, in the second fight was was kind of it, it was it kind of turned to almost the kind of what was going on at that time kind of the, the a little kind of nudge to, to what was kind of at that time you can't imagine what the world was like at that time but race played a big factor in these kind of things and I think that's fondly remembered by a lot of people in terms of Joe Lewis being able to, to beat Mash Melling he's the world champion for 12 years and I think I think he holds the record record for something like 25 consecutive defences or something like that which some 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 guys careers aren't even isn't even 20 fights so <laughs> yeah. to have 25 world title defences is just amazing and a lot of people kind of he wouldn't have been the name but back then they didn't have the media in terms of what the likes of Muhammad Ali did at the time and the world was changing when Muhammad Ali was around and everything he was kind of saying and kind of he became the kind of voice of the heavyweight division but people did perceive him or there were people before him that the kind of the likes of Joe Lewis who maybe don't get the recognition but I think lists like this kind of give Joe Lewis that recognition that he was one of the greatest heavyweights that have ever lived. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think going back to the Max Mellon fights, the second one in particular, this happened just before the Second World War actually started. Reading through some of the stuff about Joe Lewis is quite humbling to, 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 to sort of read through it. And I, I love my history and I love my boxing history. And, we, and I talk about it a lot on, on the main podcast. And this was one where when you read through some of the quotes that happened over that period of time, Schmeling turns up with a load of Nazi officials. Basically, they want to yeah. they want to prove that they're you know the su- supreme race in the world, and and that's the sort of philosophy that obviously that Hitler had at the time, as we know. Joe Lewis goes away and he trains the hardest he's ever trained for a fight. Basically, a few weeks before the fight, the president at the time, Franklin Roosevelt, says to him, "Joe, we need muscles like yours to beat Germany." Joe Lewis later admitted that he knew he had to beat Max Schmeling. He had his own personal reasons, and he basically had the whole of the country pending on him to win that fight because this was. Like I said, the tensions between countries at the time was 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 unreal, and and not long after that was when Germany invaded Poland, and then obviously the rest is history, as they say. So that was a very pivotal fight in in Joe Lewis's career for me. The fact that he went on to beat him, uh, and you know it was kind of like the start of it was kind of like the preempting the what was going to happen subsequently. I mean, no one could could have predicted what was happened subsequently, but it was kind of you could see it was there. You know, looking back in history now, and 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 the. the the wonderful thing of hindsight you can kind of see looking back at interviews uh, looking reading back through the books and all sorts of other boxing history stuff you can see that that tension was really really high at that point and the fact that Joe Lewis did it was a fantastic feat at that point he, he then goes on to make uh, it was actually 26 successful defences he was very close Cahill uh, 26 yeah. t- title defences that he made but 26 title defences you know unbelievable unbelievable the, again the type of fighters he was in with I mean the quality of fighters he was in with 
at the time were considered some of the best as well. So, you know, if you read through the list of some of the fighters he had, you had the Max Schmeling fights. Uh, you also had the Max Bayer fights, uh, the Buddy Bayer fights as well. And these were some of the, the, the greatest names around in the 30s and 40s. And these were the types of fighters that, you know, when you look in this day and age, you, 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 you sort of comparing them magnitude of them fights to the likes of what we're getting in, in this day and age when you've got your likes of Joshua Klitschko's and, you know, your potential fights with Wilder and, and, and Joshua and this was their version in the 40s, the Schmeling uh, and the the Bayer fights and then there was also the two Jersey Joe Walcott fights he had as well and Ezard Charles. So you look at all them names on his list and he's got a very, very good resume. And uh, His final fight was his 69th fight was against Rocky Marciano who we was discussing not too long ago. So you could see he was in with some of the greatest fighters there uh, of all time and for what he did for 26 title defences during a period of time where the world was at war it, it was amazing what he did it was amazing and, and he also he was also actually uh, drafted in for service during the second world war as well which was um, which was quite a feat the fact that he was able to defend his, his title and also be drafted in to, to certain points of the war where he, he did actually have a role he was actually promoted to the rank of technical sergeant which is, is amazing when you think about it so he did a lot for his country and that and that was at a time where the whole racial thing was 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 huge was huge and it carried on for what another 20 years after that but for what he did for, for he didn't just have a fantastic boxing career but he, at that time he transcended the sport he was a trendsetter really and he sort of set the benchmark for future fighters to come and that's why he is definitely up there as one of the greatest heavyweights of all time have you got other little notable facts about joe lewis or anything else you wanted to talk about with joe no just someone who's obviously when you look at where he's from Alabama probably coming through those times it was always going to be tough for Joe Lewis and to kind of be the heavyweight champion through the likes of a war when kind of people would have wanted to turn away from that kind of stuff and and maybe sport was a kind of outlet where they could turn away so the pressure on Joe Lewis to perform and and to be that shining light for so many people I think is why he is remembered so fondly where he was the guy when everything else was going wrong he was still having fights and taking part in the war and and coming through kind of things where as we said race was an issue back then and, and as he he is from the likes of Alabama and you'd be thinking that is I'm, I'm not sure this is probably someone can tell me that's obviously what it is but Deontay Wilder bronze bomber from Alabama Joe Lewis the brown bomber is is it is it two, are, the, are the two linked I'd, I'd like to know that and it's, if, if it is it's a nice kind of throwback to uh, and a nice, nice little bit of recognition for Joe Lewis that if Deontay Wilder has gone on to, to have great success in the heavyweight division it's a nice kind of little throwback nice little retro thing and maybe if it's a mark of respect for Joe Lewis I have to give hats off to Deontay Wilder on that one yeah no absolutely it's really good to talk about the achievements of Joe Lewis because he like I say he sort of he, when, when we talk about our final pick on the list of greatest heavyweights a man that also transcended the sport Joe Lewis was one of the first ones that transcended the sport for what he did and it's amazing to read through you know the biography of the man and, and the fact that he did what he did he, you know he, he was drafted into the army he was in an infantry he was in a racially segregated infantry as well reading through the quotes that he come out with and he's, he basically said there was lots of things wrong with America at that time but Hitler isn't going to fix him he, he was dead right about that as well because like I said earlier 20 years later and they're still fighting for, for that racial equality in America at the time and even to this day and age with people like Donald Trump in 
power. You know, I don't want to go too political, but it's still, there's still hints of it still floating around in America. It's, it's absolutely crazy. Crazy, especially for what someone like Joe Lewis did. You know, amazing. So, yeah, Joe Lewis is definitely up there and he's probably at number one as one of the greatest heavyweights of all time on a lot of people's lists. But I think the next man who we're about to talk about is definitely, for me personally, I would say this man is the greatest man uh, of all time in terms of boxing and heavyweight divisions and also what he did for this sport. So, Carl, you introduced the number one for our Greatest Heavyweights podcast. Yeah, it is. I think it's the greatest of all time. I think there's no one that comes close to the man himself, Muhammad Ali, and what he did for boxing and what he did kind of away from boxing too. He's someone who transcended the kind of sport. He had some of the most famous fights. Everyone will remember or they'll know the the names Rumble in the Jungle, Rumble in the Jungle, Trilla Manila, those kind of things. And even even to today, some of the quotes he has kind of float like a butterfly sting like a bee. It it all is kind of stuff that every single boxer these days is going, they're going to want to take something of Muhammad Ali with them through their career, whether it's the shuffle, whether it's the kind of swagger, whether it's the whether it's the kind of slick style, the rope a dope, all that kind of stuff. He is someone who changed boxing from the, from the moment he got in a ring. He was always going to be great. And to read a story that he took up boxing after his bike was stolen, imagine imagine his bike never got stolen, and maybe we'd be robbed of someone like Muhammad Ali. Know, so yeah. it's kind of little moments that make such a difference. And, and Muhammad Ali, I think, has to go down as the greatest heavyweight, if not the greatest boxer of all time. He absolutely does. He, he he's one that transcends the sport and a man that like you say the quotes are still so sort of relevant in people's minds today and when you go on, on search on YouTube about boxing I think one of the first things that come up is Muhammad Ali <laughs> I think you type in boxing Muhammad Ali is the first thing you see and that is because of what he did for boxing and it's it's not just what he did for boxing but what he did outside of it what he did for, 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 for the rights of the ethnicity of the people in America as well and that was another big thing and the fact that he decided that he didn't want to go and fight in a war that he didn't believe in that was another thing that that will always stick out in my mind because even to this day and age we still get these political issues in in our countries where you know people are making decisions on behalf of us as people which we don't always agree with and the fact that he completely refused to do it and essentially went into exile he lost his boxing license stripped of his passport and he didn't fight for three years for between the ages of 25 and 29 so yeah we did lose some of the great years of Muhammad Ali but essentially we didn't really because we still got what was to come after that which was like you say you've got the, the fights with Joe Frazier the rumble in the jungle oh my god them fights if, if you want to go back and look at some of the fights greatest fights of all time that trilogy with Joe Frazier will always go down uh, as one of the greatest trilogies of all time it probably is the greatest trilogy of all time to be fair it just the whole build up to it you know the stuff they used to say to each other you know the, the way Ali was, was calling him a chump and all, you know all sorts of other stuff and I think the, the, the best the, <laughs> the best quote I have ever seen from Muhammad Ali was that interview that he did in the press and it goes something like I've done something new for this fight I've, re- I've done wrestled with an alligator done tussled with a whale handcuffed lightning thrown thunder in jail and only last week I murdered a rock injured a stone hospitalised a brick I mean, I'm so mean I make medicine sick and wow th- th- I think that's a clip that I will put into to this episode as well because it's, it's these types of things that we will never forget and I think while I'm talking about it well I'm, I'm trying to say not in the same way Ali said it but when I'm talking about it it makes me smile because I think of the guy and the character he was and he's just done so much for boxing and, and then you go on and you look at it later on in his career the fight with George Foreman wow you know that was there's, there's a complete documentary on it what, what was 
the documentary called? Can you remember, Cahill? I can't remember, but I have seen it, and I remember it, it, that actually, that fight is probably the one I remember the most to be able to soak up pressure the kind of way that he did and kind of get George Foreman out of there the way he did. But some of the shots he's taken, it, it, it kind of leads you to, but it, you can kind of see there that's how Muhammad Ali did end up in the in the kind of in the predicament that he did with Parkinson's and stuff like that. We know the effect boxing kind of boxing over many years like that, especially in the heavyweight division, is going to have. But the, the documentary, like you're not going to find someone. I think Anthony Joshua has a, a documentary now with with the build up to the Klitschko fight. But you could make full movies out of the build up to nearly every single Muhammad Ali fight. There's just <laughs> yeah. so much content there, so much br- like the quotes are just brilliant. Like the the pictures. I, even now when a fighter wears shorts and he wears all white, but there's some navy trim, you know he's harking back to the Muhammad Ali, that kind of famous look that he had, the kind of big, kind of almost slender look that he had, but elegant with it and the way he could throw shots and check lefts, check rights, all of it. He's someone who, it's almost like boxing needed him. If boxing had to change and he was the person to change it because before that it was the brawler kind of, it was it was the likes of Sonny List and Mar- Rocky Marciano, all great, but it needed that change, it needed that style of finesse and the kind of trash talkers that we mightn't have seen before and some of the trash talk, we see the likes of the likes of Rick Flair, we see Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor. I think it all harkens back to, to the likes of Muhammad Ali who in the build up to fights would would break these people that they wanted to, they hated him they wanted to they wanted to do him serious damage but he was so good that only a few ever did kind of get to him and beat him but you don't have to be undefeated to be a great heavyweight I think you have to be to be a great heavyweight you need to do what Muhammad Ali did and, I, and he, very few have but no one did it the way he did and I think that's why he is the greatest Well you look through his records Cahill and you look at the names he fought in his career you've got Sonny yeah. Liston you've got Floyd Patterson you've got the likes of Ken Norton Chuck Webner who was uh, supposed to that was what the Rocky movie was based on Chuck Webner's story and you have like the likes of Ron Lyle uh, you've got the likes of Joe Bugner in there Britain's Joe Bugner was in there uh, Ernie Shavers one of the hardest punching fighters of all time the fight with Leon Spinks obviously the the, the fight with Larry Holmes so the, you look at all the names you know Foreman Fraser I'm not going to forget them as well but they look at all the names he was in there with some of the greatest fighters in, in, in the heavyweight category ever and you if he was doing like a top 30 a lot of the names that we've mentioned in this podcast that we've not picked in, in sort of the five that we've talked about will be in that top 30 for sure absolutely in that top 30 for all their achievements just sort of the final word really on, on Muhammad Ali is he is the greatest of all time people will debate this to, to high heaven I do believe that he is the greatest heavyweight boxer of all time I don't think anybody even in our lifetimes will ever will ever beat what Muhammad Ali was as a person uh, as a fighter uh, as a champion as a man I don't think anybody in, in, in even that like I say even in our lifetimes because his his careers was before our lifetime before he was even a twinkle in the eye his career would have been gone and even long after we're probably not here it, no one will ever live up to the hype and the, the the guy that he was and that that is what he's done for the sport people will always remember the name Muhammad Ali and they will always remember the fighter and that is why for me he's left that legacy which will last for God knows probably hundreds of years it wouldn't surprise me you know like in hundreds of years time when the technology is even they make these sort of holographic Muhammad Ali's and, and you can see him fight him and you know it wouldn't surprise me what technology we get in the future and stuff like that but yeah Muhammad Ali for me Cahill, he's, he's, he's got to be the greatest heavyweight of all time I'm, I'm so chuffed to have talked about all these heavyweights on this podcast and I think we've got a fantastic list of guys and like I said earlier it's subjective people are always going to go for one fighter or another or say one fighter was better than another for whatever reason this is 
an opinionated podcast. This is a, a podcast that we've put our opinions in of who we think are some of the greatest heavyweights of all time. We're we're not essentially ranking them. That wasn't a rankings other than Muhammad Ali, who we do believe is the greatest heavyweight of all time. But other than that, we didn't actually rank anybody anywhere in particular. I just put the five fighters I felt like, and I know you did, Carl, the five fighters I felt like were, for me, the greatest, some of the greatest of all time. Uh, Carl, I've really enjoyed it. What about you? Yeah, I really have. I think it, I, the one, the division that always kind of excites me and it, if it was so it was it was so disappointing for such a long time it, it was the heavyweight division because we know how exciting it can be the, the, the hardest hitters the biggest guys like you want to see these guys in it rarely goes 12 rounds it's rarely boring like the likes of Larry Holmes always in exciting fights Mike Tyson you're probably going to see a stunning knockout Rocky Marciano someone could hit like a hit like a truck Joe Lewis who, who was going through so much at the time um, Lennox Lewis who kind of was beating all the best and proved he was the best and on top of the world and went out on top of the world and then you have Muhammad Ali who who changed boxing who who made boxing what it is today who gave the blueprint for the guys like Floyd Mayweather for the kind of they had the swag but they were slick but at the end of the day they backed it up in the ring and that's what Muhammad Ali did and that's why it, the kind of list I think you have I think the only person that you could have a number one is Muhammad Ali and I think if you were to rank in not just heavyweight division all, all fighters of all time I think Muhammad Ali comes out as number one but I've really enjoyed it it's my favourite division the heavyweight division because it's, it's, it's probably the most exciting when it's good it's probably the most exciting division there are other divisions in terms of the smaller divisions where it's more speed but the kind of I love the kind of there's nothing more if I'm sitting there watching a fight two big heavyweights going at it and the, the Klitschko and Joshua fight is ranks up there and some of the best heavyweight fights are going to be in the, with the guys we've just talked about Foreman and Ali the kind of those kind of guys that, that why we kind of love boxing if you were to watch any of the footage of Muhammad Ali or his, his fights but that goes for all the guys we mentioned and for the guys that we haven't mentioned the Klitschkos the Holy feels the kind of the Dempseys the, the guys who are going to come into it like if we can get if these guys if they can take the politics out of it a little bit we're going to see kind of I think we have the fighters there maybe have another little mini kind of golden air we have the, the Wilders the Furies the, the Whites the Joshuas the Parkers the, the, the Fury the Huey Fury they're all there there's a lot of names there so if we can just take the politics out of it because back in the day Muhammad Ali these guys just fought because that's what they did and there was one title and all that and I know it was easier then but it's there's such an exciting division and I think the history of the heavyweight division is one that I think if you if you love your boxing and you love your boxing history the heavyweight division is one you should start that and start with the likes of Joe Lewis Jack Dempsey and Muhammad Ali you, you could you'd be there for weeks reading up on it but I guarantee you'd enjoy every minute of it well I hope for you guys that are listening to this episode of the podcast that you've really really enjoyed it because it's been an enjoyable experience for us to sit and talk about it and we've wanted to do this for a little while and I hope you really enjoy listening to, to everything the thoughts the opinions you're not always going to agree with what we put on our opinions and what we put on these types of things but I would love and we would love to hear from you so make sure you drop us an email as beyond the ropes boxing podcast at gmail.com drop us an email let us know what your thoughts are on this episode uh, the fighters that we've talked about if you've got any difference of opinions in terms of who you would rank as the greatest fighters of all time but I just hope that you've thoroughly enjoyed this bonus content and this bonus episode which was voted by you the listeners the the followers of Twitter so thank you very much for that and as always you need to find us on Twitter at BTR Boxing Pod on Facebook at Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast you can find us on all good podcasting apps including the Castbox, Stitcher you can find us on iTunes SoundCloud you can even find us on YouTube so get over there get subscribing get following leave us a review 
It always massively helps us. And please share this episode around. Let's get it out there. Let's get people listening to our opinions and let's see what comes up from people of the Twitter universe and the Facebook universe. I'd really be interested to see because this is always a debatable topic. And Cahal, I'm going to give any final word to you. Have you got anything you would like to say before we call it a day? No, I, I really enjoyed this episode. I think these little bonus episodes are always kind of where you can have your little opinion, but you can kind of elaborate it more where it's not just kind of news. And I think people enjoy that as well. So if you enjoyed this episode, as we always say, just share it around. I think anybody will kind of enjoy a kind of little history, a little stroll through history and stuff like that. So, and as everyone always says, lists are made to be kind of changed and moved around. And whatever opinions you have, don't 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 hesitate to let us know. I'm sure that people come up with another complete five of maybe their own favourites. And we love to hear it because that interaction with people who listen to it is, is, is what we want. So I've really enjoyed this episode and I hope that we could have more bonus episodes. I think the, the biggest upsets in boxing, Sean, was the one when you said, kind of that got me excited so maybe that's one we could look at but plenty more of these kind of things to come and as we said we always have a weekly kind of episode so get over to all the, the social media platforms share like us around and give us a follow we, we we appreciate it more than you know so guys thank you very much for listening and we'll catch you on our normal weekly episode of beyond the ropes boxing podcast see you next time it will be a killer and a chiller and a thriller when i get the gorilla in manila ladies and gentlemen this is cassius marcellus play He's young, he's handsome. They know it. I can pound the drink of water and kill a dead tree. Don't mess with Mohammed Ali. I've done something special. I've wrestled with an alligator. Let's toss it with a whale. Out of handcuffed lightning, throw thunder in jail. I'm as confident as I say, and I'm better than I say I am. I'm a poet. I'm a prophet. I'm the resurrector. I'm the savior of the boxing world. If it wasn't for me, the game would be dead. Who would bet on fly paddles and beating me? Who would bet on Ernie Terrell beating me? I told you I was floating like a butterfly and staying like a bee. I'm gonna float like a butterfly and stay like a bee. His hands can't hit what his eyes can't see. Last week I murdered a rock, injured a stone, hospitalized a brick. I'm so mean I make medicine sick. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>